0: I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm your host, Patty Teal, here as always, with the amazing Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Vicki, what are we going to talk about today? So, Patty, about two weeks ago, I got a phone call from a 92-year-old woman who was the victim of a scam that will not die, the grandparent scam. Oh, my gosh. That has been around for a very long time. You would think that it maybe wouldn't work anymore, but apparently it still does. I know crooks are getting more and more sophisticated. So how did this poor lady get fooled I should add that at the age of 92, this woman who I'm going to call Rose, not her real name, was still as sharp as a tack. And when I first spoke with her, she started the conversation the way many of my victims do with these words. I can't believe I fell for this. I thought I was smarter than that. Gosh, and I know a lot of victims feel this way. But you said many times that even the smartest people get fooled. Because these scammers really are professionals. They have an answer for everything. That's right. Now, this started with a phone call from someone claiming to be her grandson, who sounded very upset because he'd been in a car accident and he had broken his nose. Now, the story about the broken nose, of course, accounted for any problem with the scammer's voice being different from her actual grandson's voice. But she did say it sounded kind of like her grandson, and he was talking in a manner very similar To how her grandson spoke. And I'm sure this triggered an emotional response from Rose who loves her grandson and was worried about him. Absolutely. And of course, this is something that the scammers count on. So the fake grandson asked Rose to call his attorney and he gave her a name and a phone number. But even before she was able to make the phone call, this supposed attorney called her. And I'm assuming that he needed money, this attorney, to help his client. How much? Well, the attorney wanted $9,000. Now, years ago, Patty, these scammers would ask for $4,000 or $5,000. So I guess that's just inflation at work. The fake attorney also talked a lot about the accident and about her grandson. He said that the woman in the accident was pregnant. And that if the baby died, her grandson would be in even more trouble. And he told Rose that her grandson was very upset and very, very grateful to Rose for her help. So it sounds like that fake attorney scammer was setting her up. To tell her that the baby died so he could try to get more money. That's right, Patty. And that's exactly the script that the crooks are using now for these scams. First of all, they ask for money for attorney's fees or bail or whatever. And then the second phone call is always about somebody in the accident died and they need more money. Now, Rose is a very religious person. And somehow this came up in the conversation. At which point, the fake attorney told her that he was, quote, a godly man, which, of course, was very reassuring to Rose. These crooks have no shame, that's for sure. And how was Rose supposed to get this money to him? Well, he gave her some very specific instructions. He told her to go to the bank and take the money out in cash, $9,000, if you can imagine. Now, this is also interesting. He instructed her to buckle her seatbelt when she was driving and to drive carefully so as not to get in an accident. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. How would he get his money if she got in an accident? Oh, that's terrible. Gosh. And plus, I'm sure she was so shook up that she actually could get in an accident. Absolutely, Patty. That's one of the dangers of these kinds of scams. The victims usually are so upset and they are so pressured by the scammers to act quickly. They drive faster than they should to go get the cash or the gift cards or whatever they're instructed to get. Now, the scammer also told her not to answer any questions from the bank teller. So the scammer was anticipating the bankers would question Rose, thinking it might be a scam. It's good that they're trained, but the scammers know that they're trained and they try to make sure that doesn't happen, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm not sure what exactly happened at the bank if she was questioned or not, but Rose did get the cash. She then followed the packaging instructions. She was told to put the money in a package with books and magazines until the package weighed about two pounds. So very specific instructions. She was to send the package by FedEx, and she was specifically instructed, do not take out insurance and do not have a signature required for pickup. She was told to put her grandson's name on the package and mail it to an address in Cuba, New Mexico. And then, of course, to give the scammer the tracking number. Whoa, those are some very specific instructions. Did she manage to do it? Well, she did, and she got everything all packaged up, mailed the package at noon that day. But here is where the story takes an interesting turn. A little later that afternoon, she thought of everything the scammer had said and what he had asked her to do. And pretty soon, she realized that she had been scammed. Oh, my gosh. And then what did she do? Well, she immediately found the 800 number for FedEx, which was on her bill. She called the FedEx number and told the woman that she spoke to what had happened. Now, Rose had her tracking number, and she was able to give it to the FedEx representative, who then caught up with her package in Albuquerque before it had been delivered to the crook. So believe it or not, FedEx was able to stop the package from reaching its destination and return it to Rose using a different tracking number so the scammer would have no way of knowing what happened. Oh my gosh, that is a great story. I'm glad that that light bulb went off and she realized that she had been scammed and that Federal Express was efficient enough to catch up with the package. That is an amazing story. Isn't that great? This is the good news as well as the story for the day. I told Rose when I talked to her, I don't often hear stories where victims get their money back. So I congratulated her on figuring out what was going on and taking quick action to get that package back. Well, good for Rose. That is a wonderful story. So Vicki, before we let you go, would you give us the fraud hotline number? I will, Patty. And I also wanted to talk to our listeners about something that is hot off the presses from the Sheriff's Department. And I want to get the word out there as quickly as possible. Okay. First of all, my fraud hotline is area code 805-568-2442. So again, 805-568-2442. But this is important, Patty. This is an email that I just got from the sheriff's office here in Santa Barbara. Here's what it says. The jury duty scam is back in full swing. So not only do we have the grandparent scam coming back in full force, the jury duty scam is also back. Calls were coming in last week and now every day concerned citizens are calling to verify if there is a warrant out for their arrest. Now, the woman who sent me this email said, many have told me that a message was left on their recording in their phone claiming it was an urgent matter having to do with the court. And several callers told her that the impersonator claimed to be a Lieutenant Barry with the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Office. So she just wanted to let me know the scammers are at it again. So if you get a phone call telling you that you have missed jury duty and a warrant is out for your arrest, it is a scam. Don't believe it. Well, thank you for that important warning, Vicki. And again, that's one that's been around a long time, too, but people become so frightened. And the scammers play on that fear. Thank you so much, Vicki. Thank you, Patty. Bye-bye. Bye.